Welcome to Baron Below. It's your girl Cass and your girl Kathleen. What's up, everybody? We are back with another episode, and today we're gonna be digging deep. We're getting into our feelings. We're getting into all the healthy and all the unhealthy coping mechanisms that we all have in our lives. Are you ready, Cassandra? I am ready. Three, two, one, go. L-E-C-S-G-O. Come on, Cass. Let's go. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love that. You know, if we could only be this excited every single time we have to talk about our damn feelings and about what we're doing that's unhealthy and what we're doing that's healthy, all the garbage mumbo jumbo that comes along with it, like we should really do a cheer like this every single time. I think that might help. Yeah. You know, shout out Kemmer West, class of 2003. I know every time I stepped into that gym and did my cheers, I felt way better about life. So this is a great freaking start. All right. Hell yeah. Do some high kicks. <laughs> high kicks. But to be honest, this episode, we are going to dig a little bit deeper. You know, we really want to make sure that no matter how hard or how long it takes to get to a place where you're not focusing on the unhealthy coping skills and you're focusing on the healthy coping skills that we can rise above anything, nothing's going to bring us down And here on Biblo, we are strong and we are capable of having the life that we motherfucking want. I mean, we all have our vices to help us manage the minutia of everyday life and regulate like our big emotions and all the craziness. But like Cassie said, no matter how hard it is and no matter how long it takes, We're in this together, our little Biblo baddies, okay? We are going to rise above anything in our lives that's meant to bring us down. Whether that's our trauma, our past trauma, our present trauma, a mental health issue that we're dealing with, or general darkness that we've experienced that's holding us back, we are in it together, guys. That is goddamn right. And this was this was another request this episode. Somebody DM'd us and this was a request to talk about healthy coping skills, but to get to the healthy, we have to recognize our unhealthy habits and maybe some of the things that are bringing us down and we're doing it to ourselves where and it's nobody's fault because we just maybe didn't learn that. We didn't have the tools to set us up to be able to be successful with dealing with stress, whether it's something small or something big. So many of us don't even have a fucking clue how to handle that the proper way. So you know what? This is a judgment-free zone here. Let's just put that out there too. Like This is such a judgment-free zone because Kathleen and I are going to give our own examples too. And you guys might be like, what the fuck is wrong with them? If you don't think that already, but you might think like, what the fuck is wrong with those (laughs) girls? (laughs) I just want to make sure that everybody knows we all have our shit and we've all done shitty shit. (laughs) So we're going to dive into that. So Cass, why don't we just jump right into it? And tell our listeners what we were discussing, some unhealthy ways people cope to deal with the tough shit in their lives. 
Yeah, yeah. Whew, we are jumping right in, I guess. Okay, let's go. Buckle your seatbelts, folks. We, Kathleen and I were, were talking. We're like, okay, these are the unhealthy things that you and I have done to try and cope in the past. But then, of course, you know, since this is an episode where maybe we haven't experienced every single little thing and we are not therapists, we do not want to get sued. We are not therapists, but, the, you know, we're just talking this out, guys. So some unhealthy ways that people tend to turn to um, at a time of distress, anxiety, depression, or just a shitty day. Alcohol, huge one. Drugs, oversleeping, overeating, undereating. And a huge one is just shutting the world out and disassociating yourself from what's actually happening instead of taking it head on. And every one of us, Kathleen and I, probably everyone listening right now, yeah, you have a shitty day, Kathleen. Are you going to go and crack a bottle of wine every once in a while and drink the whole thing to the face or at least a glass (laughs) to take the edge off? You know it. Yeah, exactly. So we're not talking about that because we... Yeah, we've been there, done that, chug-a-lug, baby. But obviously, it becomes really unhealthy if you are only turning to alcohol. Like, you have a bad day, you need to go to the bar and get shit-faced. Or go home and drink two bottles of wine, and then the next day, do the same thing over again. And if you really do some research, you'll see our brain goes to this to try to keep ourselves safe and to keep you going like day to day. Like we all have to work for money and we have to get up and go to our jobs. But when we're feeling depressed or we're feeling anxious and the world's closing in on us and and we have some all these issues or some issues, We're just going to the one thing we know is going to get us to the next day. And sometimes those things, for example, like alcohol long term is not good for us. You know what I mean? So it's like our brains are going to this unhealthy place to keep us moving, but it's in turn making everything worse. Yeah. And that's because we're going to go to the thing that we know works tried and true. Because if you're not ready to face it on at that moment, I mean, just forget it. Of course, you're going to turn to alcohol or drugs or sleeping until you wake up the next day and you have to do it all over again. You know, whatever it might be. Like you said, your brain is going to go like, okay, I know this works for the moment, short term, not long term. Let me just do that and I'll forget about it and I'll deal with it tomorrow. Yeah. So Cassie, I know one of your cousins is a therapist and you talked to her about a technique called the 54321 technique. And I'm super interested to hear more about it. So can you tell us more about that? So yeah, I I was talking to my cousin. She has amazing tips and actually we're going to have her on at some point as a guest so she can really deep dive into this stuff. But she did tell me, she was like, you know, one thing that she loves to tell her clients is to do this 54321 technique. It's a way to distract your mind and you can do it without anybody even noticing, which is awesome because I feel like that's a part of it too where it's like you're so afraid that somebody's going to see you spiraling. This one, nobody's going to know that you're doing it. So what you do is you acknowledge five things that you can see around you. Call them out. Maybe not out loud, but in your head, call them out. Then you want to acknowledge four things that you can touch around you. So like I see my pink dress right now. 
there's a pen sitting next to me. I can touch a pen. You want to just call things out. Then acknowledge three things that you can hear around you, bird, car, dog. Then goes to your nose, two things that you can smell. And then one thing that you can taste, that you would be able to taste. If there's a piece of chocolate sitting next to you, you you can taste it. So really the whole point of that is just to acknowledge everything going on around you. It takes your mind off of whatever else is going on in your brain. She also said what she likes to have her clients do is if you're going to call something out like I see a blue chair, describe the chair. It's a blue chair that has four legs and it's sitting on a yellow carpet. The more specific you get, the more distracting it's going to be from whatever negative thing is going on in your brain. That is really amazing. Okay, so it's almost like you're taking the focus away from your thoughts and then redirecting to your physical body. So you're almost focusing on your like a sensory experience, you know, your touch, your smells. You know what? That's funny because lately I've been noticing myself, I have spent years, and I mean motherfucking years trying to combat toxic and intrusive thoughts I have. And the list of examples goes on and friggin' on. But I've noticed recently within the past month, you know, if I'm thinking like, oh, this person doesn't like me, but I'm like, they do like you. Stop being so hard on yourself. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. That never worked for me. Instead of doing that now, I go to like more of a physical way of dealing with it. And I just focus on my breathing. So when Mm -hmm. I'm getting those like anxious intrusive thoughts, I mean, we just did body goals last week. So I'll do something about my body like, oh, this girl on Instagram is so perfect. Our body's so perfect. Why can't mine be like that? You know, I'm sick of my stomach being as big as it is. And then I'm like, no, it's not a big deal. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Instead of like going through those thoughts, instead, I just stop. And I focus on my breathing. I I do a couple of counts through my nose and a couple of counts out my mouth and talk about something nobody would ever notice because, you know, you don't want to embarrass yourself either. That's not helping the situation. But I literally just breathe very slow. All I think about is breathing. All I think about is going, counting in through my nose, out through my mouth. I swear to God, after maybe like 30 seconds, the thought just kind of dissipates. Yeah, that no, I love that. That was going to be the next one that um, that we give an example of, too. So I'm glad that you went into it because and this might be hard to explain, but with the whole breathing thing, because that is a huge part of it. But sometimes, you know, if you're in a public setting, you might not be able to really because you're supposed to count in for at least four, hold for four and then release for four. So if you're taking like deeper breaths like that, I mean, I shouldn't say you're supposed to do that because again, I'm not a freaking doctor, but just like that's what they say because it's the counting that's kind of distracting your thought. And then what they also say you're supposed to do, um, and we do this in yoga a lot, and she will, we, we start with meditating and end with meditating. And what you're supposed to do is physically watch like, in, or, or pretend that you can watch your breath go from your belly. So like you, your belly's one, your chest is going to be number two, your throat's going to be three and your mouth is going to be four. So as you're taking the breath, you're kind of oh. feeling and watching the wave of air come up through your mouth. And again, that's just like they're distracting, but calming. It's all about just like bringing your 
blood pressure back down to earth so you don't react irrational. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's kind of crazy because I feel like feelings and emotions are actually a physical response in your body. So if you treat them as such, then you kind of come out the other end with a much clearer head, ready to tackle whatever's in front of you is what I've noticed. Yeah, exactly. And these breathing techniques and the grounding and the five, four, three, two, one, these are all things, of course, like you have to practice and we'll get more into that too. But even when you're in a non-stressful situation, we're not saying to do these to distract you so that way you never tackle whatever it is that's bothering you or to avoid the confrontation. That's not what this breathing and these techniques are for. It's really just to kind of reset, take a deep breath, think about it for a second, and remind yourself that like you'll get through this. Like It's just to take a minute. Yeah, I think when you do those things, you come out the other end able to see the problem more clearly in front of you and more from a rational standpoint instead of an emotional standpoint. Yes, exactly. That was perfectly said. But real quick, can you tell me what grounding is? Because I know it was on your list of healthy coping mechanisms, but I don't really know what it is. Yeah, so grounding is really just feel the earth. That's literally all that it is. And and somebody might have a better explanation or definition, but this is what it means to me. So if anybody wants to call me out and say that I'm explaining it wrong, please do. I don't mind. <laughs> so when I get really stressed out, affirmations work for me. I like somebody else to speak and kind of remind me that I'm safe to breathe, that it's okay. And I put my hands on the ground. I sit up tall because you want to just feel you want it. You can be barefoot outside, go, go grounding outside, like just feeling the earth on your feet or on your hands, lay down, feel the wind. To me, that's what grounding is. And it's literally bringing yourself back down to earth. And apparently that connection and touch with something so natural is supposed to be automatically like calming to you. Like a calming force. Okay. Yeah. So I have heard of this. I forgot. So basically, like, you go outside barefoot, put your feet in the earth and, like, your face in the sun, and then it's almost like a magnetic reaction in your body. Yes. And it's funny because it all kind of ties in together. Like, so on our list of a healthy way to – a healthy skill to take on is to go outside be physical, but also meditate. You know, everything, something different might work for you, for me, doesn't matter. But that vitamin D with the sunshine going outside. Oh my God. My favorite thing. And it's so calming to me is, is my feet in like the mud or dirt or sand or something. To me, that is like, the best way to obviously I live in freaking goddamn Minnesota, so I don't have sand at my toes all the time. But that is like just the most calming and it kind of does all work together with just getting that vitamin D fresh air. Yeah, just basically some physical things that you can do to calm down your body. And then like we say, you come out of that moment refreshed, I we're, I feel like we're sounding a little hippy dippy, 
but <laughs> I will say, like, I've done all of these things, yeah, and they fucking work, man. Like, they really do work. Like, and I don't do it in a way that's like, okay, I got to get outside and I got to get my feet in the grass because I got to calm the fuck down and this is going to work. Like, that's not what I do. All I think in my head is I'm going to go outside this morning and I'm going to be barefoot and I'm going to feel the sunshine. That's all I'm doing. And then I let myself do it. And then I walk back inside and I feel refreshed. Yeah. Yep. And that's a good way to start your day before you even get to a stressed point. You know, like to just go outside, start the day with the fresh air before anything could possibly even trigger you. And I feel like that alone could help you manage what might come your way for that day. For sure. And for everybody who's like me and always running last minute Lucy's, I know you're thinking like, I don't have time in my fucking day to do that. And I totally get that. But if you think in your head and you can even time it the first time you do it, it really only is five minutes. Get dressed or even stay in your jammies. Who effing cares? Go outside, look at the sun, feel the wind, and then come right back inside. So it's just like five minutes. Then you get your coffee and move on with your morning. Yeah. If you really think about it that way, don't think of it as like, oh, I need to add this of things to do to make my life better. That's not going to help. That's just going to make you more stressed out. And we do not want that. Yeah. Fuck all that. But, you know, we also live in cold weather. So obviously you can't go outside all the time. And again, we don't want to sound all too preachy and all that BS because nobody wants to hear that. We're just sharing what we think could possibly work. And again, something might work for you, might not work for the other person. So these are just little healthy tips that we've used that have worked for us. And the other thing is sometimes it works for me, And sometimes it doesn't. So then I have to switch it up. So another thing, Mm -hmm. Kathleen and I actually, um, do you remember this, Kathleen? But this is another good little tip to start your day out the right way is we did a little gratitude sisters text with um, two of, with Ashley. And then one of our other friends hopped in on it and we did it for for quite a while. And it didn't have to be a big, huge, long group text that went on all day long. But how awesome was it? We started out our day with each saying something we were grateful for. Yeah. Yes. And you were the spearhead behind that. And I so much love you for it. I feel like it changed my life at the time. And And it's one of those things where like how I am, I'm like, oh my God, this is annoying. I don't have time for this. Um, I don't really care. But I jumped in on it and I woke up every day and I knew I had to give three things I was grateful for. And no matter how small or how big, it really like changed my mindset of like how I look at my life. Like Even at the time, like I wanted to kill my husband. He was driving me crazy every little thing he was doing. But when I started like pinpointing little things I did like that he was doing, it completely changed my perspective. And I was just so much more happier around him. It really helped me like a lot. And then over time, I feel like we created the safe space for us to talk about like other things that maybe we, we wouldn't have talked about with anybody else. I know I admitted a couple of things that I hadn't even 
told Scott about. And it felt so good just to like get it out to somebody. So I don't know if you got a couple of people in your life. That's a really awesome thing to do. It was. But then you're right. Like it just makes you appreciate the small things. Like we even I remember our um you know, my one friend, she was like, I can't come up with something. I'm like, listen, it can be like, you're grateful for the type of toothpaste you own, like the smallest little thing, or you just got a brand new coffee creamer or the fact that you even have coffee. Like it doesn't have to be these grand things. And yeah, like Scott was annoying the hell out of you. Or I was getting annoyed because Carmen was on his hundredth game of playing chess that day when we had laundry to be done. And I'm like, Okay, what can I say really good today that, that I'm really grateful for because it's really hard right now. But yeah, those little small wins really go a long way. Yeah. And then like you said, we kind of had a safe space where we were like, okay, you know what, girls? I'm struggling today with this because we had this little connection and bond and it was just I loved it. I loved it so much. I loved it too. I feel like we kept that going for like a good year. We really like did. we were really going strong with it. It was it was really awesome. And that again, that was all you and and we're so grateful for you. I feel like we threw that in there quite a bit, but it was funny on the days where we were feeling super low, super stressed, super over it when we still had to give those three things. It doesn't make what's in front of you any less hard, but it did make you feel a little bit stronger to tackle the day. Like, oh my God, you know what? I got these three good things going for me. Even if it's like my hair looks good today, like, or just something ridiculous or like I got a new lip gloss, like anything. It it just was like, you know what? I fucking got this. I feel good. I'm, I'm moving forward. Yeah. One thing I do want to talk about for all you mommies out there. I'm sure you've seen Frozen 2 about 500 times. And there's one part in the movie, the character on Anna. Anna. <laughs> Sorry. Shout out Anna, my Russian ballet teacher from uh, the 90s. But anyways, um, there's a part in the movie. I don't know if you've seen the movie cast, but basically like she thinks her sister's dead and then her best friend, the snowman dies, Olaf. It cuts to her like in a dark cave, just crying, basically like I'm going to tear up because that part always makes me tear up. But basically like, I know I got to get it together. She, she's a very, um, positive and very upbeat optimistic character but it shows her like down and out kind of like laying down in this dark cave crying because she's like I've lost everything and um I know she sings this song and in it it says just do the next right thing when you're feeling this way so and she goes through each she takes she stands up and then takes a step And then takes another step. And then she sees a bright light and makes it outside. And she's kind of like singing herself along this like journey of getting to that place where she's like, okay, I can conquer it. And then she sees like the big part in the movie is like they need to knock down this fucking bridge to blah, blah, blah. She sees the bridge and the idea comes to her of like how to save Arendelle, which is their city. Sorry. But um, if you've seen the movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But dude, that applies to our lives. When we are feeling down and out, sometimes all it takes is today I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to take a shower. 
I'm going to wash my hair. And that's going to be the goal for today. And when I get out of that shower, I'm going to feel good. But the trick is after you take that shower and you accomplish that goal, you're like, I can do something else. I think I can do one more thing. I'm going to make myself some food. Then you make yourself some food. You're like, I did it. I fucking did it. What else can I do? Yeah. That's the uh, healthy coping mechanisms that we're talking about where it's like, you know what? Those small wins, those small victories are fucking everything. They feel small at the time. Like, yeah, like just getting up and taking a shower. Okay. I I haven't showered in two days. Let me just get up and shower today. Even if you're not seeing anybody, you don't want to see anybody still. That's okay. You don't want to talk to anybody. No problem. Just take the shower. And that's that's your win. If that's your only win for the day, that's okay. We want to make sure everybody knows it's just the tiniest little thing. Even if you write down one word, you don't want to get a whole group text for gratitude, sisters. You're not at that level. Totally get it. It took it took freaking us forever to to even get to that point. But you know what? How about you have just like a little piece of paper and you write one thing down on it for yourself and then you read it and then you throw it out that night. Like if you don't even want to hang on to it, that's okay. Just write it down, throw it out. It's like really small wins are actually going to set you up for huge success, even if it takes you six, seven, eight months. Yeah. And we are here to walk you through it, guys. That's why we started this podcast. That's why we're doing this every week. We want everybody to live their best possible lives. And we don't, including ourselves, want to be victims of our circumstances. We want to do what it takes to be strong and live the life that we want to fucking live. And we're going to do it. Hell fucking yeah, we are. Who's with me? Just a girl, Kath here. Cassandra is indisposed. Just kidding. She's fine. But I wanted to pop in real quick, let you know that this episode was so long-winded that we had to make it a two-parter. In the first one, you heard a lot of general talk about healthy versus unhealthy coping mechanisms. And part two, Cassie and I are getting a little bit deeper and giving you guys some specific examples from our own lives where we've done this. So it's going to be super real, super raw. We hope you tune in because you know what? This summer, our bodies are what they are, but our minds, we're working on that. We are healing girls summer this year, okay? So everybody tune in. We love you so much. Have a wonderful week.